beautiful star friends. This is Mariah Karina and Archive Moon, and we are coming at you with another live and direct episode of The Planets Are My Gods. We started this season so inspired to take a tour around the zodiac, exploring some of those deep core essence level soul profound dynamics of each of the signs. And here we are, the 12th house, Pisces. Before we dive into this episode, we'd like to just give a quick shout out to our Patreon. We have two different levels happening over there. The first one, $5 for all the whales out there, the Taoist whales moving through the oceans and the moons of Jupiter. If you feel like you would like to kick it with me in archive, if you would like to take us to your favorite, most cutest little coffee shop and buy us the most yummiest little latte, just one latte that we will share, then I highly <laughs> suggest checking out our $5 Patreon. You have our unending love and gratitude as well as a little something, something, little treat for you there. And if you want to buy us each a latte, or maybe I'd get a hot cocoa, maybe Archive would get a matcha, then you can do the siren level. It's 10 bucks, and with that you get um, one teaching or energy reading, psychic live Q&A, whatever it is that where we feel the energy really is, we're going to be offering things every single month on that tier and starting to build community. So we love you and appreciate you no matter what. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do have that extra little spark in your heart to go and support us, we are so very, very grateful. And now for the episode. So moving into Pisces is like going for a swim in the great big mama ocean. It is one of my favorite places in the Zodiac to be. One, because I really do feel like it is this bridge between heaven and earth. It's at the end of the cycle. It's where, if we look at the cycle as a development of a single incarnation, the soul is starting to transition out. And I think that makes it permeable, penetratable, dissolvable into the great wide world of so many different experiences that exist under the banner of altered states of consciousness and of somatic experiencing. It's like the bliss of all that is and is also complex in its nature because it is all that is this cosmic ocean of consciousness. It also contains within it everything. So it is utterly excruciating and devastating and confusing and wild and unabashedly um, comedic and comedic <laughs> did I make up a word <laughs> I know I love it do you mean like comedy yeah Ooh. like humor and and like the know. wild the wilds of like oh. because it's everything yeah and I do feel that Pisces are extremely hilarious <laughs> and extremely not- charismatic and like imagine I think it's Marilyn Monroe, right? Is it Pisces? Anyways, I found so many Pisces that I immediately think are Sagittarius or something. So much fire, so such like charisma, Ooh. and yet it's like they're not actually playing as much with the fire. They're playing with the heart, watery strings of like what is making people tick. Where what hits us home? What what are the undercurrents? You know. 
Yeah. Of what are making those big waves. Whoa. Because Pisces do not have a rap for being so funny. You know, I think the joke of Pisces is just what, like they're emotional or like always interested in finding love or something. But it's so true because Pisces is um, like yin Jupiter or feminine Jupiter. But I think it is more that water side of it and more that maybe more submissive side of it. Like if Jupiter and Sag Mm. is that yang you know, Dom wants to go out, right. you know, blaze the trail and conquer, conquer. And, and be sort of like loud and out front and fiery with its expansion and with its playfulness. Then I do think that Pisces being in that water realm, it still has that quality. Like maybe sometimes it has the feeling of more instead of kind of that young way of being the one creating the expansion. It has a more yin way of feeling like it can like merge and be one with the expansion. It wants to be raptured by the expansion. Like raptured by the ocean of consciousness. Overtaken. Yes. And that's why I think it's like the all that is. And there's a lot of vulnerability and a lot of courage that is needed in order to be able to be raptured by all that is and not know what's on the other side of it. To allow yourself to become so permeable and mutable that whatever it is that you are merging with overtakes you and you become not even just the third thing, you become all things in these different moments inside of the Piscean experience. And I feel like there's so much vulnerability, like I said, of, of invasion in some ways, of feeling victimized or completely overwhelmed, overwhelmed of feeling um, not in control, of feeling deceived. Taken advantage Disillusioned, of. taken advantage of, and also fractured. Like, who am I? You know, like the psychosis or mad experience of Pisces can also um, be contained in those really intense psychedelic experiences or those intense places where we put ourselves on the edge of, um, of what we can handle, really, and um, see what is truly there for us what gifts are there for us also you know because the the gifts I think of Pisces are great it's like that to me is like what I'm doing everything for is the realms of Pisces you know the the dream realms and the music realms and the the ability to learn to dance and navigate all these different dimensions of within ourselves and of reality itself and Pisces expands and slows it down and spreads it apart and blows it up and also just brings the heart and the empathy you know it's like for my Mercury and Pisces it's it's kind of like if I don't feel you I ain't paying attention to you like I don't even understand what you're saying it's like if your concepts you know, can make sense, but it's, it doesn't mean anything to me if it doesn't have that juice, if it doesn't have that embodiment and that empathy and that compassion or connection, that to me is like the realness. And I feel like that's such a Piscean element. It's like, what's, what's the juice of it for? What are, what are we doing it for? You know, and that's the, where we get that opposition of Virgo is like, what is all that work? What are all those forms and structures and disciplines? What are we doing it for to bring us into what state of feeling and consciousness? You know, what do we do the yoga for? (laughs) What do we practice the scales for in order to be raptured by that, by the music, by the muse? And that's fucking 
in Pisces. <laughs> it's the corpse pose at the end of your yoga where it all comes flooding and integrating. And the musician and to me is Samadhi. And the musician to me is that perfect metaphorical, allegorical representation of Pisces because you're opening yourself to be the instrument. You're listening to the inner music. You are such a pure channel. I think when you imagine someone there taking that etheric sound and moving it through their body and producing something that is so mesmerizing that vibrationally structures the entire room and of course you do all the skills you do all the training you do all of the Virgo practice to be able to have that moment of complete surrender and release to the music moving through you to be played by the music yeah and that's what that Pisces is desperately longing for is just that complete rapture and surrender for itself to be taken over by that music or by that art or by that love. And that's the other thing, you know, in Sag, we were talking so much about how Jupiter is a planet of seeking. You know, maybe that's why it's expanded so big. Maybe why that's, it's collected so many moons is because those are physical embodiments of the process of being a seeker. And I think also in Pisces, there is this seeking, but I think so much for states and for experiences and really in its own way also to merge Mm. like the um I was seeing the Pisces symbol it's like those two fish bound together and there's something in Pisces where I feel like it's always looking for its other it's always looking to connect and it can connect through fantasy through drugs through traveling through just throwing itself into these experiences of intensity and novelty trying to find that other trying to find those different states and that to me is part of that pain that deep profound sorrow of Pisces to be in that perpetual seeking and so much of the grief and praise experience of of being alive of the the longing like you're saying the seeking and the longing to dissolve into consciousness to return home to feel like we belong um and then also that excruciatingly sober experience of feeling so alone or abandoned by god or isolated it's it's all within the realms of Pisces and I think so much of what you were saying too about Jupiter and the moons is such a beautiful image because you know the moons also you know at least on earth our relationship to the moon is controlling the tides and the rise and the fall and the hormones and this expansion and contraction these different cycles um and to me I think that it also within that is is duality you know, with, and so to me, if you if you imagine Jupiter and all those moons, it's like it's like a, that's a lot of multiplicity. <laughs> that's a lot of of um, of expansion and contraction, and and it's not just you know there's such a 
a beautiful way where Pisces and um, Gemini square one another. And they, to me, it's like they also are so similar. It's like the Gemini is always looking for its twin and it's always looking for that consciousness inside of the other as the same or the opposing or squaring opponents to be able to see itself and understand itself in the realms of the mind and the thought and the word and how that is um, translatable, you know. And then I think that Pisces is like, a very similar journey to that but but it's with consciousness it's it's like the dissolving of the mind it's like that transcendence piece the different dimensions of reality whereas i think gemini is more focused on like how does that really affect our reality you yeah know? yes i think with pisces it is consciousness and sometimes there can be not as strong of a sense of self it can be all that water and maybe not as much vessel like a lot of the people who i know i mean this is typical i think of what folks know about pisces but that it is permeable that it doesn't have the best boundaries that i remember walking with my sister-in-law and we passed a homeless person who seemed in a bad state and she was looking at me talking the whole time you know and yet afterwards she said oh i don't feel good 10 steps after this homeless person. Like, it's almost like it had affected her without her knowing. Yeah. I think a lot of Pisces can have that experience of... Um, and, like, you can feel as though... I think Pisces people, they can feel as though they're talking to someone and they get so on the frequency of someone else's consciousness that they can lose themselves in it. Right. a lot of my clients and, and close people that I know that are Pisces, the experience of being psychically or even physically invaded um, seems to be a really big trauma point. I'll say more. Like one of the biggest wounds I think of Pisces is having um, like even entity feelings of like entity possession or people coming in um, and overtaking them. S- like in the in an astral sense, you know, say they're on psychedelics or they're meditating, or um, I've had clients that have a experience with like astral projection when they're lucid dreaming and then wake up with, you know, beings trying to take over their body. Um, a lot of people with um, trauma around being um, sexually assaulted when they're young, and it being like while they're sleeping or something, there's like this connection it feels like to trauma or between the realms, you know, being it waking or sleeping or lucid or intoxicated, um, physical or astral, those kinds of invasions between those, um, like the bridges between those different realms. The liminal places, the the transition points. Right, transition points. Um, and transition points of consciousness. Exactly. Like the subconscious, where the consciousness is, is bridging with the subconscious parts, which I think also injects such a deep place of poison and, and just betrayal inside. Because when we have those places go so deep into the consciousness or the, the subconscious parts of ourself, be it our psyche or our body, I think that that level of invasion and betrayal is so profound and the healing around that and the immense um, deconstruction around their own personal power and their own boundaries and 
like really undergoing um, significant work to heal that victimization feeling, I feel is a, a big part of Pisces getting even, its power. Even the word betrayal involves a victimization and not to mm-hmm. minimize how horrible these things are. But I think that feeling of being betrayed means that there was an expectation there to begin with. I feel like um, Pisces can have that childlike quality, right? which also means that you're expecting for life to take care of you. There's that naive belief if you're a good person, then good things will happen to you. And if you're nice to everyone, then you'll be treated that way in kind, which, you know, maybe in an ideal... Or like love will treat you. Love will take care of you. People will do this when they're in love or when they do love, you know. Whereas then I think a lot of those experiences of victimizations expose the underlying assumptions about reality to begin right. with and in and about addition, humanity and then we're talking over each other this time i know i'm just saying <laughs> sorry oh, it's mutual <laughs> because it's pisces oh, <laughs> boundaries oh, are are no mutable that is <laughs> one big soup I was going to say also, you were talking about with health and being that polarity point to Virgo. I've noticed a lot of Pisces people can experience health issues and mold infestations in their houses and um, dandruff even. Like that's sort of like something trying to like use them as a host or invade their physical, physical space. And so much of the Pisces journey is about surrender and I think sometimes those like are like the unwanted elements like on the other side of them they are kind of like a surrender process as well not that you should surrender to the mold in your house always take care of the mold in your house not that you should surrender someone molesting you in the middle of the night fucking do not surrender to that you know but that um but that these things are part of that archetype of right. surrender that is encompassed in Pisces and the the deep ask of surrender and the the fear of being able to navigate that realm right and the dance between that Virgo and Pisces that dance between control that dance between structure and boundaries and then also knowing when that's sabotaging the actual trance and the actual um gift of the of the medicine of the worship and and the connection the deep connection that I think is so indicative to that that Piscean longing, um, I think the jungle felt very, I mean very scorpionic to me, but I think also very Piscean in that always wanting to merge with the jungle and when people I even my parts of myself it's almost like being in the ocean like I I would be like oh I don't want to get my hair wet right now I gotta go do things it's or I don't want to get my totally get- overtaken you know but then it's like it's not gonna it's not gonna work out until you just get your fucking hair wet it's always better when you get your hair wet it's if you're near better. a body of water always get all the way in it's always, always worth it. it it's always that resistance but, will come out right but that resistance is always a part of it right it's it's there and I think that when I get to the jungle it's it's almost like the jungle wasn't gonna let me not be baptized by her like she's gonna pour down rain until I just surrender and just like stand out there in the mud and get completely wet get bitten and just and just surrender to it but and then there's also this other um I think initiation of how do you maintain your boundaries within that experience of all that is and so many um multi-dimensional species um and I think that that balance just felt so 
So right, because I think that too many boundaries and the jungle is going to fight you and you're not going to feel connected and you're going to be separate and and actually worse things are going to probably happen in my experience. And then when you surrender so much that you forget your place and you don't have any boundaries, then you really lose yourself and then also dangerous things can happen. So there's like this sweet spot within that jungle medicine and I feel like that's so indicative to like how we are loving how we're dealing with the world around us, how we're dealing with, um, you know, how much energy we open for, have we created the proper, you know, vessel within our bodies to be able to house that energy without blowing our gaskets and actually getting headaches and having these other kinds of like, you know, Kundalini consequences, right. Of, of opening to to more than we can integrate. And I think that Pisces sometimes can be naive, too, about, like, how much we're actually opening to and what it actually takes to integrate all the information or all the experiences that we are opening to. And and then also that resistance can, and that fear can also um, cause more of the... Um, like, it's like if we resist the energy that's also coming sometimes that can also create more consequences energetically and physically. Yeah, it's like they always say if you get in a car accident, it's better to go totally limp because if you start resisting the impact, that's when you hurt yourself more. And what you're describing to me sounds like the integration between Virgo and Pisces right? because it's true. There's always that resistance to enter into an altered state, and some of that is necessary. Some of that's what helps you keep your awareness and your protection as you travel the realms of consciousness. And then there's another point where it becomes uh, too repressive and too out of step with energetically what's happening. It also reminds me, I have Venus in Pisces, which is where it's exhausted, exalted, and exhausted. (laughs) Also very tiring now, Venus in Pisces, especially in the ninth house. Because for so long, I really did feel as though I was experiencing the shadow side of Pisces. Just giving too much, or what do you mean? I think it was naively putting myself, traveling all over the world, going to some foreign country to be in some dangerous situation for some noble mission, whether it be art or activism or a spiritual quest, in order to try and make people fall in love with me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> see what I mean about that comedic <laughs> fucking rom-com of a, of a, of a fantasy novel that is Pisces. It's true. I was in the fantasy novel. I was in like the erotic tragedy. I was in the like blown hair riding up on my bicycle to do something meaningful while I protested the way in which this one company was poisoning the river while also writing poetry in my journal. And meanwhile, really just so wanted Juan to kiss me. (laughs) It was like entirely my state for years and years. And Um, Hmm. there is such a longing there for experience and to be consumed, to be raptured, to be in love. Um, I got so into what I'm talking about that I forgot my point, which is right there. (laughs) Yes. The medicine of it right there. Those plump lips waiting to be kissed and Juan's tiny curls, the way it would curl on the back of his tan neck as we looked at the sun sparkling along the river and wrote out our protest signs hand in hand. Totally forgot my point. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so that's what I think is really beautiful. I mean, did you feel the way everyone, <laughs> I'm talking to you audience, did you feel the way that she's totally surrendered in that tantric fucking divine rapturous bliss and also the the mundane <laughs> the wrapping the mundane the wrapping up of these things can also lead us into such um amazing gifts of storytelling and and when I say storytelling that also meaning consciousness reality weaving right and also kind of like getting high on our own supply kind of experience like just just uh fabricating and and building things up so much sometimes not to dilute or no, invalidate your experience I just mean that the illusion and that that deep longing can sometimes really um get almost that Sagittarian hot air experience um that you can kind of find yeah, in the other, in the young version of Jupiter um, with Sagittarius. But I, I think that, yeah, Pisces does have that as well. And just to, to me, it's very intoxicated and sober journey. Like really being able to call itself into, into full three-dimensional reality meet it for as it is and also simultaneously really have that dance of being able to let it go know its power of storytelling and and of being able to be mused by the other dimensional the elements and everything that is present of things we cannot see and being able to know that the co-creative power within that is profound inside of Pisces and um that fine line between illusion and and uh, genius, I think, is quite the Pisces experience. Like, are we between illusion and genius? <laughs> between transcendence and a bad trip. <laughs> yes, because I feel like part of what you're saying is that Pisces, on the one hand, can be sort of in its own illusion, feeling like it's in its own movie, totally wrapped up in its particular perception of reality. Um, But then on the other hand, what? Well, yeah, I I think that the power of Pisces is to not be wrapped up in just what we can see in this three and the confines of this three dimensional reality. And like, say for instance, what other people think is quote unquote normal or possible even And Pisces has that ability to see what's impossible to see beyond the veils, to dream a new dream. Right. And then be so seductive in that, um, bring so much energy, so much optimism, so much, um, naivety even to be able to open oneself up to that um, that brings other people on board and I think sometimes it can also have its own set of codependence and addiction inside of those illusions where they're not actually being real with what's going on or say they're not looking and seeing that person for who they truly are and because they would rather be in the fantasy or they would rather escape from grieving or whatever um, hang up they have around 
whatever the situation is, I think that's what creates the escapism or the codependence or the addictive qualities that can lead itself into illusion and then cry, oh my God, I've been taken advantage of. Oh my God, poor me. Or like, I don't know who to trust or everyone's doing this thing. And it's like, then it's the greatest betrayal is of the self, right? Because then it doesn't know who to trust. It doesn't know how to trust itself either in those places. And I think it's just a harsh reality pill. And it's also just a mastery edge I think of how do we be with reality and also how are we also co-creating and and being able to um to to bring in other to create our own reality outside of the norm right to get out of the constructs and to dream and to vision and to be able to even conceive of something new you know like Pisces is also like movies that's like a great illusion that we have that's a technology and movies are like collective dreams and those collective dreams lay what's that carolyn casey quote they like lay imaginary tracks that then reality can i love this it's i I don't know if i'm going to quote it right either but she says that neptune lays the imagination is the imagination for the reality tracks of saturn to follow and i think that that right there has everything that i'm trying to speak to Right. What comes first, the imagination or the reality and like how to be in that, how to be in that dance. And the imagination comes first. Yeah. And what you're saying where this dynamic of whether that Pisces is in the aspect of its archetype that's empowered versus disempowered is intense in Pisces is a really big deal and is not black and white. At all. I don't like even telling those stories. A lot of those times, it was just like a continuous roller coaster between feeling totally empowered and disempowered right. in those experiences. Right. And another thing that Carolyn Casey speaks says that is if you, she says about Neptune, like if you like watch movies or, or consume others' dreams, then you forget how to dream. Yes, it's, it's kind of like our world has created the disempowered state more where it's like, I don't really want to take the responsibility of having the dream or really co-creating and being able to, what I would say by being responsible for it is like claim it and also be humbled in the process of it so that you're not just going into these swinging patterns of addiction and illusion, but it's like, oh, I'll forfeit my dreams for somebody else's and just that's how you then get taken over. That's how you then also feel super betrayed. And then like disillusionment happens when the veils are lifted and you see what's beyond that was not what you thought it was. And it's like, well, you forfeited it all along. Yeah. And we're certainly living in someone else's dream that the Saturn tracks have, you know, the train of Saturn has gone down these tracks full force. And then a lot of the way that we are consoled within it is by consuming screen time which are other people's dreams. And I think, too, that Pisces thing that you're talking about, about where the illusion can show, because you're saying it's samadhi, which is one potential of Pisces, but to me, Pisces is also the maya. And one of the greatest disillusionments that I had was how um, a lot of the more exotic spiritual experiences that I was seeking out are also, I mean, I value them so much, but are from a certain point of view also more maya and what what ones are you speaking to exactly like 
for example, like with ganja, I remember being so tripped out on, you know, some like small micro cosmic social interaction down this whole labyrinth in my brain, tripping out on the implications of this one thing that someone had said. And then all of a sudden I felt this big laugh in the background and it was like, oh, am I tripping out on this thing? because it's real or have I put myself in a maze where realizing that this thing isn't real is my freedom from it and to this day I don't know to this day I don't know if ganja reveals my true level of anxiety about things or if it's just putting me in an anxiety trap to get out of it this is the same experience I have so much of the time with ganja and the one time when I was in El Salvador, I was sleeping and I had been in the jungle and so I was extremely sensitive, but got to El Salvador and there's this, um, and I, and I smoked ganja. I had been on the bus for a really long time. hadn't smoked for a really long time too. So very sensitive, but I ended up having these visions all night long. Couldn't sleep. I heard everyone in the hostel's thoughts. She showed me like where it was in the pocket and what their relationship was like. And then I was seeing all these horrend, like horrific visions of what I later found to be the MTV version of El Salvador. And I like halfway through, it was the same thing that you're, describing she was like I was I had forgotten I smoked actually I was that tripped out you're so high you forgot you smoked I was so high I forgot I smoked and I was tripping out so hard and and she's like kind of a laugh and a smile and she's like don't you remember and I was like wait is that you and she's like I will weave you in a web of your own deceit if you have forgotten that you have taken me and you forget how to honor me and in that moment, she literally, I, was, I brought every part of my presence that I could muster up and I felt the webs of not only my deceit, but it was just everyone's collective drama, karma, trauma, triangles of, of, of webs literally spinning me in, in tangles. And I put all of my attention and she literally unraveled me. Wow. And the next morning I went downstairs waiting for the next bus and saw the MTV and it was those horrific images. And I was like, wow, I was really like caught inside of the collective consciousness of, of that, of their dreams (laughs) and, um, and had for forgotten to dream my, to dream my own dream and to be present with her anyways. And I just feel so much like Andra rules. Is ruled by Neptune. Yeah, gotcha. They're consorts for yeah. sure. There's so many things about those experiences that were touching something very real. And when I think back to a lot of those different phases of my life, I was really in it. You know, I really was that character living out that movie in a way. And I just think there are places now where I can see just more clearly the different illusions that I was living in or the story of reality that I was living in. And that's why I think it's so much that crucible of, of flesh and spirit and desire and detachment inside of Pisces because like what you bring up it's it's like the feeling of we can't really go into our karma without actually being in it. Like we can be on the observing end and I feel like most of the time I'm like oh this is the pattern I'm observing it da 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 and that feels like I've like done something but it's it's actually in those moments where I've really kind of fallen asleep it's like I'm lucid and lucid and it's almost like my guides or I, I 
tease about the moon or Neptune, it's the sirens. I feel like they'll let me be mostly aware of what's going on. They'll give me all these foreshadows. And then it's like right when I actually believe it, when I really fall asleep, when I fully am am that character in that dream, that's when I get rocked and shredded. And, but that's where the transformation happens. It's almost like what it, it wouldn't really transform. I don't think Mm -mm. if we maintain ourselves on the outside. And I think that's that, that crucible. It is. You have to go to the frequency that, that karma, that whatever it is exists on in order to transcend it. I see it like a deep sea diver. You have to go to that level of depth. You have to go into that biophysiological energetic state where it exists. And it's only there when you've like met it, that you can meet it, that you can join it in transforming. And, and also I think for me, it feels like it's pierced the bubble that it's just me doing it. The transforming, I think in Pisces, you open up to grace in astrology, I feel like you open up to grace. We are part of these cycles of transits. The transits themselves are rocking us. The planets themselves are ready for whatever their sun caras are to be transmuted through us, bringing us to these different energetic places where the potential for that is fertile. And that to me feels like Pisces too, being part of something so much bigger, being one of the waves in this great ocean of consciousness that is constantly changing and moving and transforming. And that really what comes in and does it is not the sense of I. It is the grace of that great cosmic force being ripe. And I, I feel like Jupiter and, and the Piscean and Neptune experience is teaching through expansion. And whereas I feel like so much of Pluto and Saturn feels more of this energy of um, this challenge or this squaring, this opposing kind of like roadblocks kind of energy. Whereas I feel like that Jupiter, Neptune, Piscean experience is like, oh, you didn't think you could have it, but you can. And then when you finally open to it, because it's almost like in those moments, I would have, I thought that I transcended the need or the desire for it. But in the moment of actually thinking that I could have it, because I'm so used to freaking Saturn and Pluto being like, no, you can't have it. No, it's not going to be like this. But when I finally got to that point, when Jupiter returns on my Pisces and I think, I'm just going to be intoxicated with mezcal. Let's get drunk, baby. Let's get drunk and be in love and like all of the things drunk that I've ever wanted. <laughs> we be all night. <laughs> It was like that. <laughs> and, and, um, and when I finally opened to the possibility of it, that's where so much of my deep places that I would have never even like truly allowed myself to touch and open. You know, there's something about really opening to the desires that shows me how not transcended I was from those pieces, that they were also still in reaction. They were still in that contraction point where it needed that expansion and that surrender to fully just say, I fucking wanted it so bad. And then to lose that and be disillusioned inside of that, that's what pierced my heart, shattered it, but pierced it deeper than it's ever been fucking pierced. And like, that is the medicine to me of those planets being able to expand and then get to it instead of the opposite of just 
which I think both medicines are so fucking thorough and valuable, but to really get the transmission of that expansion and that, that piercing and that disillusionment has come profound healing and reckoning, reckoning. I almost see it like if you imagine your armoring around your heart, protecting us from these painful experiences and then that expansion like blows it you know, like Completely, those balls, yeah. they have those lights that like they're, they look like these spheres and then you open it and then they're penetrable. You know, our ego is soft in that moment. Yeah. And like the desires of our hearts and feeling like the plea, the pleasure of the heart is finally happening. Like, and it blows up and the armoring space is out and then and they administer the poison perfectly. The acupuncture needle. Perfectly. For anything that wasn't truly me. You know, any thought part of that that is still rooted in illusion to get permeated and really touched. And I think it's, it's like, yeah, we can be so victimized in those experiences because we actually open and we actually feel like we're going to get it. And it's just really going to be real. And so many people want to just be like the manifestation. We just do that and we call it in and we believe, but it's like really to have the ability to be humbled and shredded inside of those moments and to still like welcome it feels that's maturity. <laughs> That's some high-level maturity. That's maturity. And that's surrender to the, the sirens of the deep. Like, really, not being like, you deceived me. You sirened me into the ocean of my own deepest longing and then betrayed me. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, they guided you deeper than you would have ever normally gone. And you found the truth. Can you handle the truth? Yes, which means it's actually the Pisces to me. It holds illusion and the opposite of illusion. The most true truth you can bear. Yeah. Right there in it. And then also that that, if Virgo is always looking for what's not perfect and Pisces is in the perfection, feeling that, feeling the grace of the perfection, feeling the gratitude for yet another layer to be disillusioned. And we want to sit there and sugarcoat that and make it wishy-washy, make it naive, make it whatever in the shadows of Pisces. But like that right there is the fucking grit of the Zodiac. If you can really be in the truth of it all and be really holding it all, that I think is... That takes so much courage. And so much surrender. And I do think that is also what happens to all of us before we die. Yeah. Because it takes a lot of courage to do it in your life, but we're all going to have to face the threshold of death. No matter what we've had. And to be able to love through it and I really do give all the credit to my, my plant allies for being able to hold me in the most humbling and shredding disillusionments of my life, heartbreaks of my life, and, and really just helping me hold that full truth and, and, and just stay in love mm-hmm. and stay in trust still. Mm-hmm. 
and love love that is that exists now like it makes me think of the quote Arida Samraj who says you cannot become happy you can only be happy you can be happy here you can love here now mm-hmm. I think there's that Pisces where it like looks with its doe eyes towards this mm-hmm. future fantasy of what love will be of what like happiness will be yes but right. it's now it's here now or it's nowhere same thing with people I feel like needing safety, needing you to prove that that way they can open their heart. I need to be somewhere safe with people safe in this perfect environment. Then I will have an open heart and it will be safe to expand. And I feel like Pisces is that place where it's like, it's not about being safe to expand. We say as the rainstorm begins. (laughs) That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But do you know what I mean? Yes. It's safer to have that heart open, to know that you can actually be more affected, but more attuned to what, how to react in real time when you have your heart open, you know? And all those conditions on safety are just an attempt to control. And usually an illusion. And I actually think that so many of those coping strategies, you know, as we were speaking of just like, you know, having the heart closed, for instance, makes it so much harder to actually know how to react and like what assess, assess reality for as it is. Therefore making us, I think, actually more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It reminds mm-hmm. me, this might be a fired example, but it reminds me right now, there's this big movement in the United States and a few other countries to have psychedelic assisted therapy. And so much of what's going into it is trying to develop protocols and also to prevent against uh, liability, the ability to be sued by people who have bad experiences. And I was approached as like, oh, do you want to, you know, do this training or do you want to like maybe partner with someone to be someone facilitating Western psychedelic assisted therapy? And I pursued it for maybe 10 steps down the road and just became so turned off and disgusted for so many reasons. But I think the gut level feeling was that you can't control this. You can't promise someone that a psychedelic is going to be healing. You can't promise them they're going to be safe and not have something that's going to trigger them. That's not what psychedelics are for. No. (laughs) That's not even what life is. And I think just in Pisces, there's a truth to the fact that we are vulnerable. You know, we are here getting domed by the great universe, (laughs) by the great ocean of life. And, and they teach, and they're tricksters. They are kind of sirening tricksters, you know? Like, Ganja, you're like, am I just getting lost in this trap that she's kind of, like, making for me? Or is this my own trap that she's magnifying and bringing me into? You know, and there's, an, there's an interesting little dance, especially with her. I think she's a mastermind trickster. And so Neptunian. And that to me feels like one of the big parts of the Pisces surrender is just to be here and to believe that it's perfect. This is my last thought, and it's a story. It's also an ode, an homage to one of my astrology teachers, Kelly Lee Phipps, who died of a brain tumor about 10 years ago. But um, I had followed this guy on YouTube 
He had an amazing YouTube channel with all these incredible interviews with astrologers for years. And then I moved to Boulder, Colorado, and I'm sitting in a coffee shop. And this guy comes up to me, this jovial, big, laughing guy says, hey, do you want me to read your chart? Starstruck. You're Kelly Lee Phipps. He's like, you are the Aries. I've been dreaming about amassing 12 astrologers like the Knights of the Round Table, one for each zodiac sign and beginning a school. You are the spark, the first one, the initiator of the initiates. And I was like, whatever you say, I shall follow you. (laughs) And for a while, we actually started this astrology school in Boulder, Colorado, and we would meet at his house and he would teach us. And we did have people from all different sides, sun signs, giving in their different input. It was such a profound gift. And he'd been born in Georgia, this big guy. He used to say he has um, Sag, he was either Sag Sun or Sag Rising. And he'd be like, gotta go take my horse out for a run. He had these big thighs and he was always like on the bike or on the treadmill. And when he was little growing up in small town Georgia, um, of course, being that body type, they wanted him to go play football. And he was this like sweet, beautiful, sensitive guy. He used to sit out there in the field wanting to make daisy chains and put them around his toes. He didn't feel like having to be some warrior beating down other guys. And (laughs) (laughs) And he says this one night he was just at the end of his rope. He went out. There was a rainstorm and he went out in his backyard crying barefoot, trying to feel something through the ground through his feet through the rain meeting his tears and he bellowed up to the sky give me one reason to stay here or let me leave and that week he had some injury that took him out of football maybe his ACL or his knee or something got blown out and then the woman who was actually nursing and taking care of him was an astrologer and gave him his first astrology book And that became his, like, the bit of esoteric, like, the golden thread of esoteric engagement, the ability to commune with some part of the stars that allowed him to be here present on Earth. And that's Pisces. I think for so many of us in the world, it's those connections that allow us to even be here. I would have overdosed on drugs or sex addiction or some horrible, traumatic, abusive relationship so long ago. Right. If there wasn't some golden force of Pisces that is just grace that allowed me to still be here. And that right there is such the existential longing and crises. <laughs> the crises of Pisces. The crises of Pisces. <laughs> My dear friend Sabrina Mother, <laughs> who has three major planets in Pisces, is is just always, you know, my Mercury's in Pisces, her Venus, her Mercury, her Sun. Anyways, we're always just talking about the like existential longing and and Pisces that is, or crises that is just always at shore, like always at bay. Yes. Yes. And that's like the fish looking for its fish. 
that's where it's fish looking for its fish. And that's why I really feel this is my prayer. Now the fish looking for its fish. I was like, wait, wait, what? The fish, <laughs> the fish is looking, looking for, for the other fish. That's what I mean. Like I, when yes. can I be happy, right? When can I connect to spirit? If yeah. only I have the perfect situation in which will allow me to actually feel it's no, it's here. It's nowhere. It's here right now. It's here over one thin, tiny veil of our own activity that's stopping us from feeling it. Yes. And we might lose it and find it a million times a moment, but it's always there. And that's my deepest prayer in Pisces is to actually just be able to, to dissolve the, the walls, the hardened parts that prevent, that prevent us from feeling it. Yeah. From going into the magic, from being in the magic with our fishy reflections. And when you get to that fucking point, get out on your damn hands and knees and cry out to the fucking gods that they bring you a fish. (laughs) Just give me a fish. (laughs) If you can't take it anymore. But then you'll open your eyes and you'll be able to see that that it is there. But it's so special. It's true. When sometimes like, they you really feel, bring them. Sometimes you really want another fish. It's okay to really want another fish. You're my fish, babe. Oh, <laughs> you're my fish. You're my fish. The dragons gave me my fish. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> oh. So sweet. Anything else? I just love it. Just be, I just think that like being present in it, but also just really enjoying that longing for the fish, (laughs) that longing for the magic, that longing for home and, and being willing to feed it every day. You know, I'm such a Virgo, but I feel like there's um, you are such a Virgo, (laughs) such a Virgo, but I I make sure that while I'm practicing, while I'm doing the work, while I'm doing those scales, you know, while I'm playing the drum or singing the song, writing the lyrics, getting it all perfect, getting it all right, I always make time for there to be before and after the song, this trance of just pure channeling, pure rapture, no rhythm, no structure is is holding me and allow myself to really surrender into that. And it reminds me of like why I'm ever doing anything. And I think that if I don't give myself that Pisces time and my Pisces fish (laughs) portals of people and plants and planets and, and all the exquisite reflections that have been able to be in that, that portal with me, um, I wouldn't know what there is a reason to exist for. You know, it really is the juice of all of of why to be here for me. And um, and I just encourage everyone to really permission yourself to do that every day, at least. And almost even in like a moment of everything that you do, that you find that portal. And then, of course, go back to your devotion and discernment and make sure that you're fully serving that portal. (laughs) Says the Virgo. Says the the service dom. (laughs) But, yeah. But dance with it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Remember, you are enough and laugh a lot. And protect the magic. Enjoy it, too. We love you out there 
And hey, next week we're going to start a whole new series. Get ready. See you there.